You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for your love, the love that you have shown to us and the love that you call us to show others. I pray today that you would open our hearts and minds, that, uh, that the words of my mouth, that the meditations of all of our hearts and then each of our actions as we go into the world would be pleasing to you, O Lord, our God. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so as we, uh, as we take a moment today to hear God's word, uh, let me read for you again uh, our gospel reading from Luke chapter 6, again, where Jesus says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and persecute, or and bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that, that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your, king, your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And then if we're in one of our traditional services, after reading this passage, I would announce that, that this is the gospel of the Lord, and the congregation would respond, praise to you, O Christ. But as you're hearing that text, is that one that you're really excited about crying out, praise to you, O Christ? Actually, this section feels like one that is, I want to skip over. Right? If, if you've ever used that, that preparation from worship that we send out in the trunk liner, now it's actually in the, uh, in the daily dose supplement as well. You can look ahead at, at what we're preaching. And maybe you looked at the three texts and you're like, whew, I'm glad that bolded one is the, uh, is the epistle text and not the gospel text. I'm glad he's not talking about that. And it was. I was planning on the epistle text up until yesterday morning. And then I'm like, nah, I got to change. Because um, I was trying to avoid it too. Um, Honestly, let's just be, be honest about it. But, but this section seems like one that I would want to skip over. And I'm, that, that's probably the same for many of us. Or, or maybe this is a section of Scripture that's written for the really good Christian, and I'm just a kind of good Christian, so this, isn't, this one's not for me yet. You know, or, or maybe, maybe it's just a really good thing that the person sitting beside you came to worship today because they really need to hear what God's saying to them today, right? Maybe turn to your neighbor and say, it's good that, that you're here because you need to hear God's word today. 
but then also listen to them when they say to you, it's good that you're here today because you need to hear God's word today, right? If you are hearing these words, they're spoken to you by Jesus. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and bless those who curse you, and pray for those who abuse you. Love your enemies. Right? These are radical words. And I promise you, though, when Jesus spoke these words, he knew who you would be thinking about right now. He knew which person just popped into your head, and Jesus is saying to you, yes, even him, or yes, even her. Love your enemies. Radical words that are easy to speak, love your enemies, but radical words that are much more difficult to live out. Love your enemies. Why? Right? Why should I? Because that's the question that pops into my head. Why should you, why should I love our enemies? Right? They're the, they're, there's a reason that they are our enemies. They probably haven't been the kindest and the most loving people to me or to you. And as I think about that, I, I, I think about my kids at home. Now, not because they're my enemies. But when I think about that question of why should I love them if they haven't been the kindest to me, I think about when one kid will do something unkind to another kid. What is the other kid? How do they respond? You can answer this question. How do they respond? Retaliation, right? And maybe take it up a notch. Um, and and then, the, the, then the first kid will respond in kind and maybe take it up another notch, right? Bennett got a, a club attached to his arm this week uh, with, uh, he hasn't used it yet in retaliation, but uh, we're just waiting for that uh, with his cast. But, but we start this spiral, right? And it can very quickly go downhill unless often someone steps in to help stop that spiral, Right, and we could, we could talk about the golden rule, and, and we get a different wording of the golden rule in our text today, but, but treat others the way that you want to be treated. Right, that's the golden rule. It's also the words of Jesus. But when we hear those, or when we go to live those words out, we often follow a different rule. Treat others the way that I have been treated. That's often the rule that we live by. And honestly, this is a great way to live with your friends. This is a great way to live with those that you have positive relationships with. For example, my family gets COVID and we have friends bring us food and medicine and games to keep us busy. And so then those friends get, they get COVID and we respond in kind. This is also, though, the way of thinking of the world. Right? And this way of thinking works with people that we have those positive relationships with. But it doesn't work with those people that we have negative relationships with. But again, that's, that's the way of the world. That's the way that, that, that all of those around us work. And it can be very easy for me to want to go down the, the sociological or the mental or the physical reasons about why we should love our enemies, right? Because it takes the burden off of our shoulders. We can, we can sleep better with less stress if we just let that go. But all of those discussions will ultimately lead to being about me, right? What do I get out of it? If I do this, then it'll be better for me personally. But Jesus doesn't tell us to love our enemies because it'll make me feel better. He doesn't tell you to love your enemies because it'll make you feel better. 
We're called to love our enemies in order to show them what Jesus has already done for us. Because no matter how good of a person you are, you were once an enemy of God. Right? Romans 5.10 says, For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. Right? You were an enemy of God. It doesn't matter right, if, if you were baptized three minutes after you were born. Right? At one point in your life, you were an enemy of God. But while you were an enemy, while you were an enemy, God sent His Son, Jesus, to die for you. Jesus died so that you would live. He, he wanted to bring you back into a right relationship with God. So Jesus says, love your enemies because I loved you while you were my enemy. Love your enemy like I loved you while you were my enemy. I laid down my life for you. I brought you back into a right relationship with God. I made the first move. I put someone in your life to show you how much I loved you. And now I'm putting someone in your life so that you can show them how much I love them. Jesus says, love your enemies. And I can guarantee you that as you try this, you'll fail. And you'll fail again. And you'll fail again. But that doesn't mean that, oh good, I failed. I tried it a couple times. That just means I should give up. I'm not good at loving my enemies, so I'll do something else instead. No, it means every time we fail, we turn back to Jesus, where we're continually shown how much He loved us, even while we were His enemies. And actually, every time we come into worship, we get to see this in action. Right? As, we, as we come into worship, we, we begin our services every time with, with the invocation, right? where I speak the, the words in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And at that invocation, God is welcoming every person, all people, into His house. Whether those people are lifelong Lutherans or whether those people are actively, proudly living a life that goes directly against God's will, God welcomes us into His house so we might hear His Word. And our mission here at Trinity is to raise up Christ followers in our families and in our communities. And we see God being hospitable to us as He welcomes us into His house. And hospitality is really opening our doors to our community so that they would feel welcome here even while, they're, while they might still be enemies of God. Right? And then we hear God's Word. We hear the, the proclamation of His Word where especially this week we are encouraged to love our enemies. And then we ourselves are reconciled to God. Right? We are made right with Him. For while we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. And so after we hear that proclamation of His Word, then we confess our sins. We've, we've heard God speaking and we've, we've realized that we haven't lived that out perfectly and so we're drawn to the cross. We're drawn to Jesus where we confess our sins, those that break our relationship with Him. And then after we confess those sins, Jesus speaks to you through me and says that your sins are forgiven. That you are made right again. You are reconciled. You're brought back into a right relationship with God. And then after being brought back into a right relationship with Him, we turn to Him in prayer. 
Right? And we don't, when we pray, we don't just pray for ourselves. We pray for our communities. We pray for our leaders. We pray for those who are enemies of God who need to hear His Word. And one of the, the specific ways that Jesus calls us to love our enemies in this passage is, is to pray for them, to sincerely pray for them. So what might it look like to pray for an enemy? Right? To pray for, as Jesus says in another passage, to pray for those who persecute you. Here, uh, the, the way that it's translated is to pray for those who abuse you. What does it look like to pray for them? Well, in our service, later in our service, during that time of prayer, we're going we're gonna to have a time of silence um, for you to pray for your enemies, whether it's just lifting up their name or praying uh, for them specifically. Uh, but we'll do that you know, in silence. Uh, but, um, but to take some time to pray. Well, what does that look like? First of all, what is it not? Right? It's not praying that because they're my enemy that God would zap them or that they would burn in hell. Right? I've heard those prayers. That's not what, what, this is, what Jesus is calling us to do. It's, it's praying that the Holy Spirit would work in their lives. It's praying that the Holy Spirit would, would use me would use you to, to speak into their lives and be the light of Jesus that shines in the darkness. It's praying that they would be reconciled not only to me, but that, 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 that they'd be reconciled to God. But then it doesn't stop when we say amen. Right? Too often prayer and action have been disconnected. We pray that God would do something and then we sit on the couch and wonder why God didn't do anything. Right? God works through you. He works through his people. And so when you pray for those who are your enemies, you're also called to go do something. Jesus says, tells you exactly what to do. Love your enemy. And then after our time of prayer, we, we hear that sending. That, both that ironic benediction and that final call and response. We hear, we hear that God gives us his blessing, that, that he will be with us that He will watch over us, that He'll take care of us, and that He'll give us His peace. And then He sends us out with that final call and response where we go in peace and serve the Lord. Right? Thanks be to God. For while we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. So we take the, the hospitality and the advocacy and the reconciliation and the proclamation and the intercession and the blessing that we participated in, that we witnessed in here, that, 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 has been, that has been set over us. We take that here and then we take that into the world as we love our enemies. Amen? Amen.